This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to the Idea City Podcast. For more information or to watch talks online, go to ideacity.ca or check out the Idea City channel on YouTube. Hello, and welcome to Idea City on the Air. By the end of the next half hour, you'll be inspired and enlightened by the world's biggest ideas, innovations, and breakthroughs as you hear about them in talks from the planet's smartest people. Moses Neimer's three-day annual Idea City conference in Toronto has been called Canada's premier meeting of the minds, and we're glad to have your mind with us. In this episode of Idea City on the Air, Michael Cohen speaks about using innovation and disruption as a business strategy. Now let's join Moses as he introduces Michael to the stage. Our next speaker is also an expert in loyalty. Um, He's a philosopher of the retail experience and uh, what I wanted to mention is um, we, we have a radio call-in show on Zoomer Radio five days a week. My sister Libby is the host, and uh, one of the days, Friday, is Free For All Friday, and it means people can call in and talk about anything they want, whereas in the rest of the week we have established subjects for every day. And uh, what interested me, given the world of things that could be talked about, is how many people want to talk about loyalty points? How many people are outraged at their experience with their loyalty points? It really is uh, unusual and kind of bizarre in a way, and yet I think it uh, demonstrates just how much people love to save them and take them for something that is free, even though you pay for them in many ways, and are upset when they can't access them. So can you come out here and explain how it works that that airline seat that I want is never available? (laughs) And why the loyalty programs think I should be able to book my business trip six or nine months in advance? Can you explain that? I mean, I'm not sure that I can explain it, but I can explain how we're thinking about changing things, how we're thinking about innovating in the program, uh, in retail in general, and how innovation really needs to be a strategy that every company takes on. That's splendid. Thank you. I think that's safer than me talking about the loyalty points themselves. Um, So thanks so much for having me. Uh, I'm Michael Cohen. Uh, I have the great privilege of leading innovation at Loyalty One, which is the company that you probably best know for the Air Miles Reward Program. Uh, I run a part of the business called Zero Gravity Labs. Uh, And Zero Gravity Labs is a place where we think about innovation all the time, where we're really 100% of the time focused on research, on experimentation, on exploration. And I think that, you know, I titled my presentation, Innovation is a Strategy and Hope is Not, because I really do think that you need to have a strategy around your innovation, right? Everybody, innovation is hot right now, everybody's talking about innovation, but how do you get started? How do you have a strategy that lets you get off the bench? 
So I always like to start with this quote because I think that this really summarizes the basis for how you need to think about innovation, right? Innovation is not about something that's in the five minutes in front of your face. It's what's happening in the next six months or the next 12 months, or the next 18 months. And most of us, if we trade in companies that this quarter and next quarter is really what we're focused on, we're gonna miss the things that are down the road, right? Disruption is gonna happen. That's part of the theme of what we're talking about today. Disruption is going to happen, but it can happen to you or you can take advantage of it. You can be a part of it. And so you really need, as a company, really need to be thinking about how do you use innovation as a strategy? How can you bring it into everything you're doing? How can you have a part of your organization that has a license to fail? So for us, we grounded ourselves in McKinsey's Three Horizons model. And the McKinsey's Three Horizons model is not better nor worse than any model that it's out there, but it's something that it gave us a shared vernacular around our business. Because innovation is a huge spectrum. 1% better every day, zero to one, those are both huge innovation moments. But how do you know what I'm talking about if I just use the word innovation? So let me just give you quickly what the Three Horizons model is, right? So that first horizon is really the factory. That is the majority of your business today. That's how you're making revenue. Um, it's really the here and now. That second horizon is the opportunities that are on the horizon that are gonna be differential. You know, so something's changing in the market. There's a new regulation, there's a new technology, consumers are changing, there's something happening, and you have an opportunity now to see it off in the distance. It's not so far that you don't know what the use case is, but you have to bring it in now to be able to take advantage of it when it happens, right? And so that second horizon is really about the opportunities for differentiation in your business. And that third horizon where it's things are, you know, they're a bit cloudy, they're a bit farther out, but there's true disruption on the horizon. That's the opportunity for transformation in your business. And you need to have parts of your business looking at all three horizons, or you're going to miss something critical. And so the best example I can give you of that is Netflix and Blockbuster, right? So I think, like, I look out at the crowd, I think I don't need to explain what Blockbuster is. When I talk to the associates on my team who are 20 and I talk about Blockbuster, they have no clue what I'm talking about, right? Um, <laughs> But Blockbuster was this true Horizon One company, right? Like it was really the only place you could rent a movie. And then Netflix came along, and Blockbuster looked at their model, and they're like, okay, they're shipping DVDs via mail, there's no late fees, you can have four out at a time. Like, that's interesting, that's differentiating, but we could do that, right? We've got money, we'll, we'll figure out the logistics. That's a Horizon Two thing that we can figure out. But what Blockbuster had missed was Netflix as a Horizon 3 company, right? Netflix had already gone all the way out to the point where they saw streaming. And they knew that once high-speed internet came into everybody's house, and then eventually into everybody's pocket, nobody was going to want to go to the store, nor to their mailbox to get a movie, right? They were going to want it in their living room. And so that is a really good example of how, you know, in the, the day we're living in today, where the rate of change of the rate of change is exponential, that if you're not looking out and if you're not thinking about innovation, if you're not bringing a strategy in, it can be absolutely actually fatal to your business. The idea of innovation is, for us, you've got to move it down this funnel, right? So you have this horizon three thinking, which is you're going really, really wide. I don't really know what the use case is for facial recognition yet, but I know it's going to be, I know it's going to change our industry. So I'm going to go as wide as possible. And then I'm going to try and find some use cases, right? So I'm going to explore, I'm going to experiment, and then I'm going to look for the use cases. And then I'm going to prototype those use cases. And all along, I'm trying to cycle it down this funnel, right? And the reason it's a funnel is because ideas are dropping out all along 
along the way. Sometimes I'm, I have an idea and it seemed good and then we tried to prototype it and the technology wasn't there. Or we eventually tried to pilot it and we put it in front of consumers and they just were like, this is not for us. The only way you can get to the bottom of the funnel where you can actually get to scale is to start at the top and to see the ideas come through and to try them, experiment, right? IDEO, I love IDEO thinking. Start with the $100 test. Prove that then you should do the $1,000 test and then the $10,000 test. By the time you get to market spending a million dollars, you'll have experimented and tried so many things that you're much more likely to be successful with that disruptive technology than any of your competitors. So I love this slide, right? In a city where we just won the NBA championship. Um, so I'm up here, I'm telling you about the ideas behind innovation, right? But ideas are easy and execution is hard, right? And this slide is the, the perfect example of that, right? This is a picture of the last time the Toronto Maple Leafs won the Stanley Cup. Now, everybody in this city has an idea on how the Leafs could win the Stanley Cup, but it's been 50 years and we haven't done it. So ideas are the easy part and execution is the hard part. So I thought it would be fair to tell you a little bit about some of the ways that we're executing on our innovation strategy at Loyalty One. Um, so why, right? Like why is this necessary for us? Why is this necessary for retailers? This is how I'm gonna ground the rest of my talk. So technology and retail is changing, right? I don't think this is a surprise to anybody. Technology is changing in every market. But what might be a surprise to you is how slow and sleepy it is in retail, right? We did a survey a little while ago of what point of sale systems um, our retailers were running. And there was over 20% of them that were running Windows 95 still. <laughs> right, like Windows 95 wasn't good in, win in 95. <laughs> it's certainly not good now. Right? So there's this huge opportunity to bring technology into the retail environment. But what technology and why and how? And that's exactly where we are. It's like we're out there trying to help retailers get closer to their customers. We're trying to help retailers deliver a better experience. So we need to, be, we need to have some expertise in what technology to bring into retail. So the two I'm going to touch on for you that we think are really have the opportunity to be transformational are both computer vision based. And the first one is facial recognition, right? So these are two people that work on our team. Tage and Daniel, Daniel's the unknown and Tage is the known. But facial recognition has this huge opportunity for us because today the way loyalty happens is it happens at the end of a transaction. You go in the store, you buy your goods, you swipe your credit card, they ask if you have a loyalty card, you hopefully show your loyalty card and you get some points and then you leave, right? And so we'll collect some of that data but we know what happened after it happened. How are we gonna be influential in that shopping trip if we don't know that you're in the store? With, with facial recognition, we have the opportunity to understand who's in this store. With object detection, and I should point out, this is not our video, this is a company called Standard Cognition out of Stanford, raised $40 million. Um, but this is the opportunity to take that same camera and identify what's happening in the store. So now if I combine those two things, I've got who's in the store and what they're doing in the store. Well, the thing is today, I'm not sure that we have the best way to use that, right? If I had that information in real time today, I don't know that we know the most responsible way to use it. I don't know we know the way that consumers want us to use it. But I know that if we experiment and we try a bunch of things, we're much more likely to figure out how to use it in that way to be advantageous for both us, the retailer, and consumers. And so these are the types of things that we're looking at and trying in our lab right now. Coming up after the break. If you say utility, I think Uber. If you say convenience, I also think Uber. If you say selection, I think Amazon. Right? These are the companies that I'm going to compare your experience against. So you have to get up to compete against those companies regardless of whether they sell the same things as you do. Welcome back to Idea City on the Air. 
You're listening to Michael Cohen speak about using innovation and disruption as a business strategy. The next uh, idea is that customer expectations are higher than ever, right? So everybody in this room is a digital consumer, right? And, and every consumer is a digital consumer now. And the thing about digital consumers is they believe once they've seen somebody do it, that everybody can do it. So if you're getting up and competing against the people who say, sell the same things as you, that's not who consumers think you compete against, right? If you tell me an experience is going to be personalized, I think Facebook. Because Facebook is rather personalized. It's always for me. If you say utility, I think Uber. If you say convenience, I also think Uber. If you say selection, I think Amazon. Right? These are the companies that I'm going to compare your experience against. So you have to get up to compete against those companies regardless of whether they sell the same things as you do. So two of the areas that I think that the, the, these companies are really zooming ahead and where I think traditional brick-and-mortar retail really needs to look at what's happening in digital and bring it into traditional retail is, one is the Amazon Prime wardrobe program, right? So Amazon lets you take 10 pieces of clothing, they'll ship them to your house, you don't even need to pay for them actually, you try them on, you pick the ones you want to keep, you ship the other ones back. Why is Amazon doing this? They're not even actually, they don't even have any physical retail locations. Well, they're doing this because they're going to build this wonderful profile of what you like to wear. They're going to know what you like to wear more than you know what you like to wear, right? You keep ordering these like bootcut jeans and keep sending them back and they're like, stop ordering the bootcut jeans, <laughs> right? So Amazon's building this profile of you. But like, couldn't a traditional retailer have done this or couldn't they do this now? If you shop in a similar store for the same items, couldn't they build that profile? Couldn't they apply some data science and some AI to you? The other company where I think you know, there's an opportunity to learn from on this same personalization front is Netflix, right? So up here I've got nine thumbnails for the show Stranger Things. Well, if we all opened our phones or went at home and looked at Netflix and we pulled up Stranger Things, we would see probably one of these nine thumbnails. There's more permutations. What's Netflix doing? They're showing us the thumbnail that we, they think will get us to watch the show. So they're looking back at our previous our history and going, was it the lead actor? Was it the title? Was it an ensemble class? What do they think causes you to watch a show? And they're trying all the time these different permutations. And again, can't we bring that idea into the way we think about retail, right? And so one of the things that we're doing is we thought, okay, could we apply the same sort of thing to digital signage, right? So we've taken this idea of digital signage. We say, like, well, digital signage today is kind of dumb. It's really just for who's standing in front of it, but we don't know who's standing in front of it. Oh, maybe I could combine that with the computer vision thought I had earlier, and I could say, oh, the millennials on the platform, these are the right types of ads to show. If somebody else is on the platform, maybe these are the right types of ads to show. Now, do I know that this is going to work perfectly? No. But so we're trying, we're trying it in our lab. So what you see here in this video is a Tropicana ad, and now I've put a picture of a woman in front of it, age 47, female, and I'm going to change the ad based on who's in the picture, right? And so this idea that we could we can make the physical world more personalized, we're taking ideas from the digital world and bringing them into our lab and trying them. Again, this is in a lab setting. I don't know that this is going to work well, but I know that I can try it there, it can be a safe zone, I can figure out things, and then I can move out from there. So she gets cashy noodles, right? <laughs> Shopping's becoming experiential. Right? I, I think that the, the days of the utility shop, with maybe the exception of like Costco, are ending. Right? Like you go to Costco, all you're trying to do is get in and out on like in under $300. And if you know how to do that, <laughs> please talk to me afterwards because I do not know how to do that. Um, 
But this idea that shopping is becoming experiential, right? You go to the store for an experience now because a lot of your utility shop is happening online. And where I first saw this is I have a good friend and she runs a company called Bricka. And Bricka, if you, if you don't know it, Bricka is like a curated version of Etsy, right? It's an artisan marketplace and everything in there has pretty much been handcrafted. And she was running a wonderful online store. They had 10,000 products. They were highly curated. Things were going okay. And they decided to do a pop-up store before Christmas one year. And what they noticed was people came in the pop-up, and there was maybe, let's say, 100 items in the pop-up store. But this is what it looked like, right? It was beautifully curated. Everything was handpicked. People got, a, got an experience. They got to feel and touch what the brand was all about. And so then what happened? Online sales went through the roof. Right? Because people could go in there and there was like 100 items. But when they went online, there was 10,000 items. But now they had an understanding how highly curated they were going to be and how great those items were going to be. And so the shopping actually, like the in-store experience was about the experience. Online was about the commerce. And so how does that change the way we think about retail if the store is no longer the vessel for sales? Right? And so again, another thought that we're having about how do we bring experience into retail? So this is something that we mocked up in our lab. Now this is a little bit far-fetched and you can see that, I mean, the production value on it is quite low. But what you got here is we put um, augmented reality glasses on a sales clerk and combined it with facial recognition. And so now the person approaching the sales clerk, the sales clerk, is, they're the only one seeing that little box, but they have their first name and their last name, they have what they purchased in their past, and they have a recommendation. Because 53% of millennials say that when they go to a store, the sales clerks do not have the tools to help them, that they are more educated than the sales clerk themselves. So then, you know, okay, we've got to empower the sales clerk, right? We've got to empower the on-the-floor associate to deliver this in-store experience. Um, last thing that I'll touch on before I hopefully give you an inspirational close um, is new competitors are emerging all the time, right? So at the beginning, I touched on Amazon and Facebook and Google, right? So the day before Amazon dropped the Amazon Go video, if I asked you about Amazon's place in grocery, you would have said, well, you know, they logistics, supply chain, manage, supply chain management, they can get uh, dishwasher detergent and laundry detergent to your house and all. Then they drop this video, cashier list experience, and this becomes the de facto way people think they want a grocery shop going forward. Then they buy Whole Foods, right? And so this idea that your competitors are who you think they are is changing because Amazon, Facebook, Google, what are they really good at? They're really good at spotting when an industry is ripe for disruption and then going right in, right? So you, again, you gotta get up every day thinking that you're competing against the best. The last one here is that direct-to-consumer um, and subscription is here to stay. And I, I think that that's particularly pertinent because all these companies, Warby Parker, Casper Mattress, if you ask them what business they're in, they all say the same thing. We're in the customer service business, right? And so customer service has to be king. And that's not so much of an innovation in the way that we think, but it's we got to change the priorities. And lastly for me, um, you know, I get to spend all of my day thinking through ideas and innovating and having a lot of fun with my team. Um, and I get a lot of people say, I don't know how to get off the bench on innovation. I don't know how to get off the bench on an idea I have. And so here's my challenge to you. Everybody today has something in their head that they wish they could change, whether it's at work, whether it's at home. You have an idea. Write the idea down. Commit to it. Put it on a post-it note. Put that post-it note on your computer. And then tomorrow when you open that when you open your computer and that post-it note is there with your idea, act on it, because yesterday you said tomorrow. Thank you.
That's fascinating. Fascinating and illuminating. Thank, thank you for having me. I'm sorry that I, I can't get your points for you, but... Well, I was wondering, <laughs> is there a secret number? Well, I think you know Brian, who's our CEO. I just met him. Yeah, so yeah. I would give him a call. You That's think? the secret number. <laughs> All right. Tell him I'll be calling soon. <laughs> thank, thank you so you much for having me. Yes. We'll all call the secret number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Idea City on the Air. Catch Moses Neimer's Idea City Conference live every June in Toronto or on regularly scheduled radio and TV shows throughout the year. And find hundreds of talks online every day at ideacity.ca. For more information about Idea City, find us online at ideacity.ca, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or youtube.com slash ideacity. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.